Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 98 of the Property Magic Podcast, which is actually part two of the two-part series, which is the Property Investor Catch-22 and how to get out of it. Now, I'm going to cover in more detail the five different principles of creative finance, where you don't need to use any of your own money to invest. Now, this is really important for you to understand because at some point, everybody runs out of their own money and usually that means they stop investing. At that point, most people fall into this catch-22 even if they are not aware of it. Now, personally, I believe that when you know how to find great property deals, then you don't need to use your own money. That's because there are ways of financing them no money down using one of these five creative principles. It's a catch-22 because if you don't have the money to do the deal, what happens is most investors won't take the necessary action to go out and find great deals in the first place because they're worried that if they do actually find a great deal, they won't be able to move forward with it because they know they don't have the money to do the deal. Thus the catch-22. To make sure this is not a problem for you and also to avoid this often unconscious catch-22, let me share with you some more details about the five principles of creative finance. I want you to remember that if a deal is good enough, there'll always be at least one of these principles which you can use to acquire property using none of your own money. However, remember, not every principle works all of the time. They only work in certain circumstances. I'm going to share those circumstances with you on this podcast. You need to use the correct tool at the right time to make creative finance work. This will make a lot more sense as we go through each of them. So let's look at these five principles in turn and give you a bit more detail about them. So the first of all, and I think most investors are aware of this, which is number one, joint venture with a cash investor. So the way this works, you go and find a really good deal and you run out of your own money. So you think rather than not being able to do the deal, you would rather share 50% of the cash flow and 50% of the equity with someone else who provides all of the money. Now, Very often, people confuse this. They think, well, if it's a joint venture, I'll put in half the money, the other person put in half the money as well. That's not what we're talking about here, because at the end of the day, you found the great deal in the first place. If there was no deal, well, there'd be no deal. If there was no money, well, there'd be no deal as well. So really, the deal and the money have equal importance. So you bring the deal and do the work, someone else puts the money in. Now, when you do a joint venture with someone, you're effectively entering into a business relationship with them. So it's very important you know this person really, really well. You've got to like them, trust them, and and know that you can work through challenges as they arise, and they will happen in property. There's always problems. You need to be able to work constructively with this person to be able to move forward. So joint ventures can be very, very powerful. However, you are obviously giving away 50% of the profit in the deal. So rather than a joint venture, if you can use the next method of creative finance, it's probably much better, which is a private loan. Now, often people get joint ventures and private loans confused. And let's just clarify the two. So a joint venture is where someone else puts the money in, you do all the work, and there's a split of profit, equity, and cash flow. And there's a share of risk and a share of reward. 
whereas a private loan is a little less risk. Now, there's always risk for the lender, but there's less risk for them because they put the money in, they get a fixed return on their money, and they get their money back plus interest before you make a single penny of profit. So there is less risk for people when they're doing a private loan. Of course, as long as you know what you're doing with their money. So a private loan can be much better for you because instead of giving away 50% of the cash flow and 50% of the equity growth, instead you're giving away a fixed interest rate. Now, even if that's a high interest rate, once they get their money back, they stop earning any money. Whereas with a joint venture, they're a partner with you until you sell the property. So although private loans might seem a little bit hard to get, it's worth putting in the time and effort to find people who will lend money to you. Who's going to lend you money? This is what people often worry about. Well, there are lots of people who've got money in the bank doing absolutely nothing for them. And if you remember from part one of the Catch-22 series, I shared with you that we want to look at this as an opportunity we're giving other people. We're helping them to make money rather than you feel as if you're asking for money from them. It's a bit of a mindset thing. And mindset's very important when it comes to creative finance. But private loans can be really, really good. Um, I see a lot of people who might find a great property deal and they decide to do a joint venture. And it's a deal where they can use momentum investing, where you're buying at a discount, you're adding value through refurbishment and thus taking pretty much all of the money out. And they do it as a joint venture. And to me, that seems crazy. Why on earth would you give someone 50% of the profit even once you've given them all their money back? So therefore, private loans are definitely a more advanced thing you should be doing. The problem is when many people start investing, they think they have to give a lot away. And so they start doing joint ventures. They find that lots of people are really happy to put money in and get half the profits for none of the work. And they just stay doing joint ventures. So if you're doing joint ventures right now, nothing wrong with that, but it's probably costing you a lot of money. And a more advanced strategy would be to move to private loans. Very often when you speak to someone and you explain you're investing in property, rather than just getting a fixed return from a private loan, they often want to get a share of the equity. They want to get a piece of the cake. Well, that's fine, but you need to explain to them they're also getting a share of the risk. If things go wrong, they're sharing the risk. With the private loan, they get their money back before you get money. That's a really important distinction you need to make. The third creative strategy where you use very little of your own money is a purchase lease option. Now, if you've listened to my podcast before, you must have heard a lot about purchase options, one of my favorite strategies. In fact, I call it a strategy. It's not quite correct. It's actually a tool, a tool that can be used in conjunction with every other strategy. If I had to start investing again from the beginning, I would work with purchase lease options, knowing what I know now, because they can be used in conjunction with single lets, with HMO, service accommodation, commercial to residential conversion, commercial property. Uh, they really are very, very versatile. And I think every investor should be able to have them as part of their property investing toolkit. I meet a lot of people who think they know about purchase lease options because maybe they've watched some videos or listened to some podcasts or maybe they've even done some training, but they've not actually been able to acquire any property as an option. My suggestion would be that if that's the case, they don't actually know enough about options because if you did know options properly, you would definitely have one by now. Uh, they're not easy to get and the way options work best is when you find a seller who doesn't want their property, but they don't really need the money now. 
Now, most people selling a property, they need the cash right now. But there's a whole load of people who are selling because they just don't want the property. They don't want the hassle. They don't want the liability. And if you can step in and take away that hassle and liability from them, you enter an option agreement whereby you basically rent the property from them now and you've got the right to buy the property in the future. Now, you don't have to buy. It's the right to buy, not the obligation to buy. But it's a great position to be in. And it particularly works well whether someone just wants to get rid of the property, but they really don't need the money. It could be a deceased estate. It could be a landlord who's starting to sell up some of their properties. They don't need the cash. They just don't want the hassle. Very, very powerful, but work only in certain circumstances. Now, one of the challenges with an option is when people say, well, what if you don't actually buy? Because remember, you're not obligated to do that. So vendor finance, which we'll come to in a moment, is another strategy you can use that also works when the seller doesn't want the money now, but actually they just don't want to do an option because they want the certainty. We'll come to that in a moment. Before I do, I want to talk about the fourth method of you using creative finance. And this is where you do a joint venture, but it's actually a joint venture with the owner of the property. Just think about that for a minute. Someone's got a property they don't want. They want to get rid of it. But actually, there's potential to add value to that property. And that's why you're interested in it in the first place, because maybe it can be converted into a different type of property. It can be changed. It can be added to, it can be extended, split, subdivided, whatever you want to do to it to increase the value. Now, normally, most investors would think, well, I've got to buy that. I've got to put in a deposit. I've got to pay my stamp duty, my legals. I've got to get a mortgage. And then I've got to find the money to do the work. However, you can actually say to that owner, well, look, if you're prepared to wait a little bit of time for the money, I can actually give you more money. Now, there's a way of you paying more money for that property, but without costing you a single extra penny out of your pocket. So how can you do that? Well, as I said, if you were going to buy this property, you would have to pay stamp duty. Whereas if you joint venture with the owner, you don't actually buy it. What happens? You enter into an agreement. They effectively put the property in. You get the work done. I'll tell you how you can fund that in a moment using none of your own money. But you work together to improve the value of the property. Then the property is sold. So because you've never bought it, you're not paying stamp duty. The end buyer or buyers, they'll pay stamp duty based on the new value, but you're not paying stamp. So therefore, instead of you buying it, paying the stamp, renovating, then selling it, actually, you're missing out the step of you buying it. You're controlling it instead. You're doing a joint venture with the owner. So what you would have paid in stamp duty to the government, to the tax man, you can pay that as extra money to the seller. And it's not costing you any extra money at all. The benefit is you're not having to find a big 25% deposit put in. You're not having to get a mortgage with the hassle and time that takes. And you're not having to pay a monthly uh, mortgage fee or pay bridging fees because the owner owns the property. They will joint venture with you. You go to someone like Crowd Property, which is another one of my businesses, and they are very happy to fund development projects where they can put in all of the money if there's enough security in the property. Obviously, this is with agreement with the property owner. You can then use your expertise or bring in a team of people to develop that property. It's then sold and the owner gets their money. The crowd are paid back their money and then you split the profit with the owner. So this is a way of doing a development project using very little of your own money. And again, it's just about thinking creatively. The whole point about these creative solutions is really understanding what's important to the owner, what do they want to achieve and which of these strategies might be appropriate to use.
And the final method, which I've just mentioned earlier, is vendor finance. Now, again, this is a very misunderstood topic. Uh, most people think you can't actually do it because they're not thinking in the correct way. You have to do this correctly. And there are actually four different ways of doing vendor finance. But let me give you the basic principle. So this works very well when a seller has got a property that they don't really want. They don't want it in their name anymore. Maybe it's got some equity in it, but they're not prepared to sell at a discount. They want to get rid of it, but they want to get the full value for it. However, they don't need all of the money. So similar to an option, they don't need the money now. They're probably just going to stick it in the bank. And we all know that in the bank, there's a very little return these days. So here's what you do. You speak to the owner about potentially buying it at the full price that they want. However, you say in order to do this, you need to get them to help you to buy. And so basically, they actually help you fund the deposit. Now, you can't do this with traditional lenders because the traditional lender would want to see you put the deposit in, not coming from the seller. Instead, you'd probably do this with bridging finance. So what happens is, if there's a mortgage on the property that needs covering, you'd get a bridging loan to cover that. And the rest of the deposit is put in by the owner. They don't physically put the money in. They just issue a loan note to you. So it means at the time of completion, the property is put into your name on land registry at the full price, but you haven't had to transfer any money over. Instead, there's a loan note, so a debt that you still owe to the owner of the property, and you pay that through cash flow from the property. So here's the great thing. You can actually use cash flow generated from the property to cover the interest that you need to pay to the owner. Now, at some point, they're going to want their capital back. That might be after you've added value, or if they're happy with the return they're getting, they might be happy to leave the money there for three, five years, after which you can probably refinance because of some good market growth, take the money out and pay them their cash. So these five strategies we use in different circumstances, but if there's a good deal and there must be enough profit in the deal to be able to pay someone else, whether it's a private lender or a joint venture partner or the owner who's doing vendor finance. So as I said before, it's got to be a really good deal. But if it's a great deal, then you will be able to use creative finance. And I highly recommend you start thinking about how you can help make money for other people from property, not just yourself, because you are helping other people. That's the whole point. That's why people are happy to do this. Now, if you make money for other people, they will want to work with you. And from this day forward, whenever you approach people about getting involved in financing your property deals, it's not about you asking them to help you, but instead you offering to help them make money. Now, in summary, the five principles are joint venture with a cash investor, private loan with somebody, purchase lease option, joint venture with the owner, and number five, vendor finance. I do hope this has been useful and helped open your eyes to the world of creative finance. If this has done that for you and opened your eyes, then I've got some further online training for you completely free of charge, which I highly recommend you watch, which will help you understand how you can use creative finance and do more property deals using none of your own money. Now, you can access this free training at www.creativefinancetraining.co.uk. That's www.creativefinancetraining.co.uk. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www 
propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.